welcome back to Oregon's Tissues and Other Issues. For those of you who are new here, my name is Savani Prucky. My name is Carissa Stonic, and we will be your co-hosts. So we talk about everything ranging from mental health to physical health. If you haven't listened to the past three episodes, we've done one introduction talking about how we met and what our friendship is like, as well as give a couple case studies and talk about ourselves. And then we have also been doing interviews. So I interviewed Carissa for one, and she's interviewed me for one. And we talk about some of the case study things that we pointed out in the first episode, but we also talk about ourselves and our own issues. So welcome. I hope that you have fun. And we also talk about what we hope to do as we're entering the medical field, because we are two people that want to go into the medical field, and we've seen things that we really love about the medical field and some things that we wish we could change about the medical field. So we're trying to use this podcast to start help promoting that change. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get to do more fun things with this episode. Um, yeah. Before we get started on today's episode, we're going to each do a brief life update for you guys. But before I guess we did life update... I know that we were talking about with the episodes how that like, you know, the last couple were going to be shorter because their interviews were trying not to make them too long. They ended up being like an hour something. We apologize for misleading you. But welcome to the unpredictability and uncertainty of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to try and keep the episodes less than an hour and 20 minutes. They're probably, they're going to range from anywhere between like 30 minutes to an hour. We're still trying to figure out our groove as co-hosts on this podcast. And we're still trying to figure out how much material we can fit into a certain amount of time. So while we get into that. We're as new to this as you guys are as to listening to this, so we're, we're doing our best, and we appreciate you just uh, working with us through this process. <laughs> yeah. All right, now, weekly updates. We can do weekly updates now. All right, let's see. I um, started my fall classes, and I'm very excited about all the courses that I'm taking this term. They all seem like they'll be very interesting courses um, that'll definitely make me think, and I'm, I'm very excited about this speech and hearing science major. Yeah. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, we are pre-recording some of these, so, like, you know, we're not doing them right yes. as we release them, so. So this is an update as of October 5th. <laughs> yeah. So we're, like, we're pre-recording, so we're, like, we're just doing life updates as to when we are recording, so please keep that in mind. Um, yeah, last week was really nice and sunny. And it was like, I felt like I was living on a high for some of it. Uh, I definitely had like a mental health crisis like at the beginning of last week. So like the end of September, beginning of, November, uh, beginning of October. Mostly just because I wasn't going to school. This is the first fall I've ever lived in the U.S. that I am not going to school. So that was a little bit of a... It was definitely a change that made me freak out a little bit. That's fair. Um, yeah. What is this fall weather? Like, is it really fall? It's been like 75, 80 degrees and sunny. Like, this isn't yeah. October in Oregon. What's happening? Though it is really, like, gloomy right now. This is true. And I'm wearing a sweatshirt because it is cold in my house. 
So That's I guess fair. we have that too. But yeah, um, so yeah, we got through it though. We got through our little mental health crisis and I ended up making a fall checklist that I want to do. So last year I started making a fall checklist of all of the things I wanted to do and Carissa helped me fulfill a lot of them. So this year I decided that I wanted to create a similar fall checklist and it included things like go to the pumpkin patch. Um, there are still some pumpkin patches open in Oregon that are following all safety precautions. So go to a pumpkin patch, make and eat a pie, carve pumpkins, like make a costume, like make my own costume and then do my own makeup for like Halloween stuff. Not necessarily that I'm going to go trick or treating, but more as like a here's a fun project to do kind of way. So yeah, that's kind of what we are, that's kind of what I did, was create a fall checklist, so I have something to look forward to. Having things to look forward to is always, always good. Yeah. And we so, had some fun with that checklist last year, making the pie. <laughs> that was by far my favorite thing. Fun fact, I've never eaten pie before last year, and Chris introduced me to pie. We made a uh, apple cranberry ginger pie. Very good. It was amazing. It was amazing. So yeah, she introduced me to pie and I freaking love it. So hopefully this year we'll be able to do something similar. We'll, we'll make another pie. We'll make it. A plus. All right, let us jump into our episode. Today, we are going to be talking about things that we wish we had known about chronic and mental illness in various aspects of life before we started dealing with it. So we're gonna share like what we've learned and things that we wish somebody had told us or we wish we had known before going into these. Yeah, so our goal is to hopefully help someone um, because apparently we have a little bit more plays than we expected. We thought we had like three people listening. It turns out we have a lot more than that. So our goal is to hopefully help someone that is going through it at some point or another, or just help people who have loved ones that are going through it, just so that you're aware of certain things that happen. Um, and yeah, what we wish we had known. So we will talk about what we wish we had known, so you do know. Exactly. And then if you have any questions for us about things that we mentioned during this episode, or you have things that you wish you had known, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. We would love an addition to this list. Because <laughs> this, is, this is just based on our experience, but everyone's experience is a little different. Yeah. All right, Carissa, let's kick it off. All right, so the first category where we're going to talk about things we'd wish we'd known is with school and education. My first thing that I just want to mention is accommodations are so helpful. And there can be a stigma around reaching out to the Disability Resource Center to get those accommodations, but don't be afraid to reach out to them. They're usually really great people and they want to help you. They want to help you get those, ac those accommodations so that you can succeed. Because you have, if you have a chronic illness or a mental illness, you have these additional struggles that can impact your ability to go to school. And so those accommodations just make it so that you are able to able to be there and able to succeed and able to thrive and they can help they can just be helpful there's no there is no shame in having accommodations or getting the help that you need to help yourself succeed 
Yeah, um, and my addition to that is that uh, accommodations are helpful when you can have them, but it never hurts to try, even if someone like shoots you down or tells you that it's not real or does all the grumbling, but um, it's still not a bad idea to ask. And, you know, there is a stigma around it. My version of that is don't listen to the stigma because like if you need help, you need help. And if you want to succeed, you got to do everything you can to get there. Right. And it's not an unfair, an unfair advantage. I put that in air quotes, not that you can see that to have these accommodations. It's just ways to help you succeed. And like Savani said, there's no harm in asking because the truth is, if you never ask, the answer is always no. But if you do ask, there's a possibility that you can get a yes. That's definitely something I wish I had known. The next piece of information is communication. So don't, don't be afraid to talk to your professors or your teachers or the TAs. Most of the time, they really do want to help you succeed. So if you're having a problem or you're struggling with something, just going and talking to them can be helpful because they're human too, you're human, and if you don't tell them what you're struggling with, there's no way that they can know. It comes back to the, if you don't say anything, no one can help you, no one can say, do anything, and that doesn't mean it's not hard. It can be hard going up to them and opening up about these struggles that you're having, but most of the time it's helpful, and if they do shoot you down, sometimes that happens, but my experience has been that more often than not, they, they also want to see you succeed, so if there's something they can do to help you do that they're more often than not they're willing to work with you yeah i have nothing else to add to that communication is key and it is important to talk to your teachers because if you are struggling they're one of the people that can help you so another piece of information that i've found helpful is when you're planning your schedule so this is more for college because in high school you know you your schedule is basically you have class all day, that's life, that's high school. But in college, you get to like pick what classes you take and so you get to see what times they're gonna be. So if you know that you need breaks throughout the day or you know that you work better in the morning or better in the evening, trying to plan your schedule around so that you have classes when you're most functional or most likely to be functional and you have breaks when you think you'll need breaks so that you can do it more consistently and get to class more consistently without totally wearing yourself down. Yeah, I guess it's like, it's important to know when you feel good and when you know that, you know, you're going to run out of energy or you're going to run out of uh, motivation. Yeah, spoons, spoons, always spoons. Know when you use up most of your spoons and know when you have spoons left to give. Yes. That, yeah, okay. It comes back to things that we've mentioned in previous episodes, which is know your own body. Always, always know your own body. So know when you are most, function or most functional or least symptomatic or know what times work for you. It sounds weird when you say it like that, but what time of day d works for you? Like, like I know. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. I know I work best in the morning, so I try to, like, get most of my work done in the morning. I try to have more of my classes in the first half of the day because I know that's when I have the most energy and then I can relax more in the evenings or take a break in the evenings if I need to. But if I can get more of my stuff done in the morning, that usually works better for me. 
I know that I'm not necessarily, for me, I know that I'm not necessarily awake in the morning, but I know that I can like robotically write down notes. I know that I can um, store information in my brain without really thinking about it. Like if you know what I mean, I don't necessarily have to learn it. I just have to store information in my brain. So like I'll definitely take labs in the morning because like that's just robotic work. That's just, you know, you go in, you follow a set of instructions, make sure you don't spill anything on yourself and you just go through the motions and you write down your findings. So I'll often take labs in the morning and stuff like that. Um, but like it's knowing what works for you. For me, I know that afternoons work great for me because I'm awake. I still have energy. I've like either just eaten or will be eating sometime soon. So I know that my body can keep up with my brain versus like mornings and evenings, I'll be more tired or less functional or most of the time my brain works better when there's more light out. So I realized that with like other things too, but like my body just functions better when there is more natural light in the area. So I know that evenings I'll get too tired or too emotional or too annoyed to do much. And mornings is just, I'm not awake enough and I'm just too annoyed. So I know what works for me and Carissa knows what works for her. So just know what works for you. And everyone is different. So you got to figure out what works for you, not what somebody else thinks should work for you. Yeah. 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 So, so know yourself. The last thing relating to school and education that we want to talk about is, for today, is there's no shame in taking a break. Whether it's taking one day off, whether it's taking a few weeks off, whether it's taking a whole term or semester off. Just because it's taking you longer to get through things or because you can't take, say, as many courses each semester, or maybe you're like Savani and you take more and get through it faster, the pace that you go through school doesn't make you any less than just because you do it faster or slower you just you work at your own pace you do what works for you and there is no shame in taking a break I've had to take time off of school a couple times because I've had to take a medical leave of absence because for various reasons I just my health was such that I couldn't be in school and there's often a stigma around that but there really shouldn't be taking care of yourself is important and you need to take care of yourself before you can start working on pursuing your career. And so you need to make sure that you're in a spot where you can be pushing forward. And there yeah. is no shame in taking that break. A hundred percent. And it's like, even if it's like a break as I'm, in, I'm on campus, but I really don't feel like I can go to this class specifically right now. Because like, you know, I have to direct my energy and my spoons towards a different subject. Like I've been on campus I'll, I'll go to school and I'll actually be on campus for a day, but then I won't ever attend class. Like I will be sitting in the library because I know that one of my friends can get me the notes or it's a recorded lecture or there's something going on that gives me the ability to catch up. But I know for a fact that I don't have the energy. I don't have enough spoons to go to that class and also do the homework for a different class or do the notes for a different class or prepare for a different test. Like, know when you need to direct your energy elsewhere and yeah. it's it, I know it's hard but it's okay to take that time off from a class like you don't have to always attend every single one of your classes not that I'm saying you should skip every one of your classes but I'm saying if you have the ability to catch up at a different time then directing your spoons towards a different class is okay and it's about balance sometimes sometimes you just need that break 
and you're either film feeling overwhelmed and you feel like you you need to keep pushing forward and you need to just keep going because that's what's expected but it's important to remember to take care of yourself too and that there is no shame in taking time off 100% 100% I like that I feel like there's not a lot of people that talk about chronic illnesses and how it affects their school and education but that needs to be things that are said more often things like accommodations are not you know, it's not shameful to have an accommodation. It's not wrong to have an accommodation. There's nothing wrong with you just because you have an accommodation. No, a chronic illness is just a part of your life and it makes something more challenging. And so sometimes then you need a little more support and that's okay. And whether it's a big thing or a small thing, if just having that one little extra thing can mean that you can do it better and you can do it more consistently and you can thrive, there's no shame in asking, and there's no shame in having your path look different than the standard timeline for life, because the truth is, the best timeline for life is the way that your life is going. Exactly. And it's the only one that matters. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't, like, if you get there, eventually, if you get to a point where you have a degree, with chronic illness, sometimes that makes it hard to, like, get places, like, you know, getting yeah. a degree or doing something or getting a job or getting a career or getting on a career path. But like, you know, if you get there eventually, why does it matter that you had an accommodation to get there? Why does it matter that you had to take classes maybe two times or three times because you couldn't attend them once because you had to take a medical leave of absence? Like, it shouldn't matter if you get there in the end, which you will. If you are determined about it, you will get there in the end. There's a quote that I really like, and it says, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your path. And I think, I think that's especially true if you have some area of your life that makes reaching those goals more challenging. Whatever that thing is, it can be chronic illness, it can be mental illness, or something else entirely that's just going on in your life. But, I totally second that. You know, there are many ways to accomplish any goal. And so your pathway might look totally different from what you imagined when you first thought about that goal. But as long as you're stubborn about reaching that and you're willing to look at and you're open to all the ways that you could potentially get there, you will get there someday. Yeah, I totally second that. I really do. So I guess that wraps up our little section for what we wish we had known about school and education. We still have more sections. But yeah. that wraps up that little section. So the next section that we're going to talk about is family, friends, and relationships. So we're, you know, just chronic illness can affect those relationships with your friends, with your family, with your significant others. Um, I've had several close friends um, be present for what we like to call medical misadventures. Yep. But allowing those people to be there, Savani is one of them. Hi. (laughs) Allowing people to see that and see when it's vulnerable and see what that really looks like and how that chronic illness affects your life and how that, what that means when things go wrong and going through that together and getting through that together and allowing them to see all the pieces of it because it can be hard to let people see that. But let me tell you, that can foster some of, like, 
the deepest connections and friendships and relationships that you will have because you definitely you're like this is hard we're dealing with it and then you get through it and you can both celebrate getting through that moment because it's stressful for different reasons whether you're the one who's having the medical misadventure or you're the one who's witnessing the medical misadventure because some things are actually scarier to see than they are to have done to you I agree with that statement. I definitely agree with that statement. Um, my version of that being the friend that gets to experience the medical misadventures um, is that sometimes seeing it show like tells you more than the person telling you about it. Like having it explained to you is different than just seeing it for yourself. I'm a very like kinesthetic learner. If you all know what that means, it basically means I learn by doing. I learned by being in the situation rather than having it explained to me, which drives my parents insane because they're just like, you know, this is a mistake. Don't do it. But at the same time, I'm just like, but I want to make that mistake to learn. And it drives them insane because they're just like, could you not? But anyway, I digress. What I meant to say is that being in the situation and watching a friend go through those medical misadventures, quote unquote, shows you one, how strong of a friend they are, how strong of a human they are, but it also shows you the severity of their illness. Because if you have someone like Carissa, she's like on the outside, she's the sweetest, bubbliest human being you will ever find. She's very motivated, very goal-driven. Like, you know, you see this like strong person, you look at her and most of the time you don't even see her chronic illnesses. Invisible yeah. illness exactly you don't see her illnesses maybe you see the feeding tube that she has in her stomach maybe you see the port that she has in her chest but you don't ever see someone who is like she doesn't really have very many i guess like outwardly symptoms when she has her right-sided or when she has her weaknesses or she has her stroke-like episodes that's very obvious but most of the time you don't even see it but watching her go through a medical misadventure has shown me exactly how much those medical conditions affect her life. And so it shows you the severity. It shows you exactly, like, it gives you a piece of their life. And it makes you more empathetic, I guess. You know, there's the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, I don't even know how many words an experience is worth, but we'll go with more than a picture, right? Yeah, 100%. And, like, it also shows you... <laughs> It also proves to you as the friend what you can and can't do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I did it at how, like, calm under situations of intense pressure my friends can remain and how they're just like, all right, next step, what do we do now? What do we do? What do we need to do? How do we make this happen? And in the moment, we're all just like, all right, get through this, get through this, get through this, next step, next step. We're going to get through this. Yeah, but it also gives you an understanding of what it's like to be in that other person's life. Like, for me, I didn't even realize how much I knew about Carissa's conditions and about Carissa in general until I went through a medical misadventure with her. And I was honestly just like, you know, I was talking to the ER doctor. And I was literally just like, yeah, so she has like Sjogren's and EDS and suspected Bichette's and she has POTS and, you know, I was just like listing off her situations and I was just like, it just like ran out of my mouth. Like I didn't even really even think about it. You know, 
Hey, there we go. And so it just shows you how much you know about the person. And it, Carissa and I have definitely become better friends. We were already really good friends, but we've become better friends after the medical misadventure. That's for sure. It, it brings you closer. You know, yeah. we talk about how hard times and cold weather bring people closer together, right? Yeah. So do medical misadventures. Really, they do. Another thing about medical misadventures is remembering to check on or reach out to people after they've happened, both the people that have witnessed them and the people that have gone through them. Because oftentimes it's not like, at least for me, I go through medical misadventure and right at the moment, it's just about getting through that moment. And we use humor to get through it and we just, we get through that moment and we get to the other side. But then it's like a week later or two weeks later, or maybe it's only a few days later, but then it hits you like that just happened. That could have gone a lot worse. That could have been a lot worse. And sometimes you can have that moment where it just hits you and you have a little bit of a breakdown. And that can happen if you witness it too. Like you get through it, you get through it, you get through it. And then you're like, it's that processing what just happened or what you just saw. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Part of life is going through all those emotions, right? You gotta, you gotta feel the happy, but you gotta feel the like stressed and the sad and the frustrated. And so whatever those feelings are, remembering to check on people, not just like during the medical misadventure or immediately afterwards, but like a few days afterwards or a week afterwards, like, hey, how are you holding up? Yeah. Now that things are starting to go back to normal, sometimes when things are starting to go back to normal is when it really hits me. Yeah. And that's the same for someone who's experienced it too. Like if you experience it and, you know, you realize that, oh my gosh, that just happened. Like, you know, and you go through this like crazy sense of panic, knowing to reach out to that person or someone else and being like, hey, this happened, it's kind of freaking me out now, like, can we talk about it, is very important. Which sort of brings me to the next point I wanted to make about family, friends, and relationships, which is open and honest communication. So just letting them know, like, hey, today's a good day. Want to go do something? Or, hey, today I'm not doing as well. Can we just watch a movie instead of, like, the big adventure we had planned? And just being honest and being open about it and being willing to talk about those things because sometimes symptoms or chronic illness or mental illness can be this taboo topic that it's like, ooh, we don't talk about that. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to help promote with this podcast, not the taboo part, the like making it untaboo. Yeah. Because having that open and honest communication, like just telling people it's a good day, it's a bad day, I'm really stressed today, today I was thinking about the future and it kind of scared me, today I had a really good appointment, today I didn't have a good appointment just being in that communication can help, one, make it less taboo, and two, again, foster that deeper relationship. 100%. And it is okay to say, I can't meet up today. I'm, I'm really sorry. I know we had plans, but I can't. I, I physically can't. Maybe there's something going on with me physically, or maybe there's something going on with me mentally, or maybe I'm just too friggin' tired. And it is okay to say, I can't make this commitment I'm sorry. And there's this stigma around people who can't hold commitments, especially like with their friends, like they'll set up a time and a place, but then like can't really meet that person there at that specific time or that specific place. But you know, you never know what a person is going through. So 
give everyone slack. It that is gonna be my biggest thing for the rest of my life is that give someone a little bit of slack because if they can't hold a commitment, they probably have a reason as to why. Yeah, and that's that's something that I've had to learn for sure. And it's not it can make you feel like you're being an unreliable friend, but it's not you as a human being that's unreliable. It's your illness, your whether it's a mental illness or a physical illness. It's your body or your mental illness that's making you unreliable. But it's not you that's unreliable. It's your health. Yeah. And I know that as a friend who is the person on the receiving end of not having the commitment fulfilled, like, you know, a friend just told you that they can't fulfill coming to see you or getting coffee with you and I understand that it's like you they ruined like a fun thing that you guys were planning but and I'm sure that you feel awful about it like you feel like come on why did they do that but the person who is unable to keep up their commitment they probably feel 10 times worse than you because like Carissa said you feel like the unreliable friend you feel like you know you can't get anything right you feel like you know you're not being a good friend you're not being there for that person or whatever it is but it's like knowing knowing that you you're okay with them not being there like you know just simple words being like hey that's totally fine don't worry about it we can find another time or another place to meet don't worry about it like you know just reassurance is key for that person because they're probably freaking out 10 times worse than you are and yeah it it totally sucks on both sides but it also it definitely shows you who true friends are because if you're able to say hey i can't meet up today because this symptom is flaring or I am just I am beyond exhausted and so fatigued and I'm so sorry and sometimes if you're the friend who's having to cancel you can be like hey could we do this instead but sometimes you just can't you're like hey I just I really I can't be around other humans today I absolutely love you but I just today is not a day when I can interact with humans and finding people that can accept that and that can go both ways then and you know as we've mentioned, life is unpredictable, life is uncertain, and sometimes things come up at the last minute. I had plans before my angioedema attack, and then my lips swelled up, and I had to go get an emergent steroid shot instead, and that was definitely not what I wanted to be doing with my time. Yeah. Um, And luckily, people were understanding, but it's always hard, and it's hard being the one who has to say, hey, I am so sorry this happened so I can't and it's hard to hear that too but just yeah. know that they are sincere like if you have to cancel plans at least for me I really try not to cancel plans unless it's absolutely necessary for my health yeah and if you feel like you can't tell a person why you're canceling like you can't tell a person I had this flare or I'm having an anxiety attack and I can't be around people or I'm having a depressive episode and I can't be around people if you can't tell your friend that then you might want to consider that maybe that's not a healthy relationship if you have to hide a part of who you are your chronic illness if you have to hide that chronic illness then you should maybe consider that that's not a healthy relationship and one thing that i found is that allowing people to see parts of your chronic illness whether it's a physical illness or a mental illness and talking about it with them can make it less taboo over time 
like when I started sharing my story with more people, I found other people came to me sharing their story too. And they talked about how they had never been able to talk to someone about it or they never knew anyone else at our age who had chronic illness or had mental illness. And they felt like they couldn't talk to anyone about it. So sharing your story can allow other people to open up to you too. Like I've had friends come with me to my IVIG infusions and that just makes it less taboo because it's like, this is just a thing that we do. It's another time that we can hang out and there's a nurse hanging out with us, but you know, I'm attached to a pole, but it's just another time that we can hang out. Um, it's, and when I was at Whitman, people on the swim team would come stop by and Maybe they'd come by for an hour or half an hour when they needed a break from studying. Maybe we'd play cards or watch a movie, but it just makes it, it's just a part of life and it allows people to see like it's not this big, scary, taboo thing. It's just, it's a thing. That's a part of your life that other people our age don't necessarily have to do. Yeah. And like, maybe you can't have people come to your appointments. Maybe that's not something you're comfortable with or maybe that's not something you can do. But like, you know, allowing people in in any way shape or form you can yeah. like saying hey i have even just saying if they're trying to schedule around a time that you have an appointment being like hey i actually have this appointment at this time i was hoping we could go grab coffee later like you know right after the appointment and i can tell you about the appointment and that could be a topic of conversation like whatever it is like allowing people to see a certain part of you and allowing them to see what your norm is and introducing them to your normal will always help. And then also just letting them know if you are struggling, what they can do to help. Because if you don't, again, it comes back to that, if you don't ask, the answers always no. But if you're struggling and you want a hug or you're like, hey, I need some words of affirmation, can you just tell me I'm a good human? Thanks. Yeah. Or if you say, I need to be left alone, or if you say, hey, I really need to color. Do you want to come color with me, or can we get coffee and talk, or I need to rant? Are you in a mental space where you can listen to me rant for a little bit? And just asking them, and just be mindful, too, that sometimes people won't be in a mental space where they can listen to you rant. And that's yeah. okay, too, because they need to take care of themselves, and you need to take care of yourself. But if you don't ask someone, hey, can we do this because I'm really struggling and I think this would help me, you'll never know because people might step up in unexpected ways at unexpected times when you wouldn't have expected it. And that, again, can help foster those deeper relationships. Yeah. Or you think a person is in a place to be able to talk to you, but then you talking about certain things can maybe trigger them worse. Like, you know, certain people... Uh, I will always ask, are you in a mental space to let me rant at you? And most people are just like, yeah, go ahead. But then there is, there are some of my friends, some of my best friends who are literally just like, hey, I'm going through something and I really can't handle that right now. Like, I would prefer if we didn't talk about that. And it's just like, hey, I understand they're putting themselves first. That doesn't make them a bad person. And wanting to rant does not make you a bad person. No, and it doesn't make either of you in that situation selfish, right? Exactly. You can't, you can't take care of others if you haven't take care, care, taken care of yourself. Yeah. You, you can't pour from an empty glass. There's tons of quotes and euphemisms and all yeah. the other terms for those sayings about that, about, you know, it really, you can't 
you can't give to others if you have nothing inside of yourself to give. So you got to take care of yourself yeah. and then you can help others. And sometimes that means saying, I'm sorry, but I can't listen to the rant right now. And that doesn't mean they'll never be able to listen to the rant. It just means at that exact moment in time, that would be really hard for them. I agree with that. I agree with that so much. But it's, yeah, it is really having a support system. Always give yourself a support system, whether it's your family, whether it is your friends, you know, whatever it is, give yourself a support system who is going to truly listen to you and who will help you in any way, shape, or form they can. And it's a support system that you can be open and honest with, and that can go both ways, where yes. you can be open and honest with them, and they can be open and honest with you. And yeah. that's, that's so crucial of a support system, because a support system, sometimes they'll just cheer you on, but sometimes they'll tell you things that you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. Or notice things that maybe you haven't noticed quite yet. Yeah, they might notice changes in yourself that you're trying to ignore. Yeah. 100%. Do All we right. have anything else to add to that relationships segment? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Again, also, if if our audience has something to add, DM us. And, yes. you know, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to incorporate it in a later episode. I guess the last thing really is just, like, dating can be hard with a chronic illness, too, because you're, like, and a close friendship where mm -hmm. you, like, really bring someone else into that, like, unpredictability and uncertainty that's in your life. Because if that unpredictability and uncertainty, like, mainly just affects you, it's really annoying. But you can sort of manage it. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to bring somebody else, and so that's always affecting them, too, that can make you feel bad. But you have to remember, like, you're both choosing to be in that dynamic, and everybody has something about them that makes it hard to be around them sometimes. So if, for you, that's the fact that you have health issues, and sometimes they're unpredictable, and occasionally you go on medical misadventures together, then that's that. Exactly. But, like, knowing... Yeah, like, you know, people who have chronic illnesses are people first. Yeah. You can't just see their chronic illness and say, you know, if it is a deal breaker for you, I understand. But if it's not a deal breaker for you, you can't just look at the chronic illness and say that's all they are. They are people too, you know. People are so much more than just the challenges they face, which sort of brings us into the next section, which is life. Yeah. So the challenges and the adversity that you face, they're part of what's made you who you are. They're part of your story, but you're the author of your own story. And life is less about what happens to you and more about how you react to it. So those challenges, those adversities, they don't define you if you don't want them to. But they are, they are part of your story and they are part of who you are, but you are so much more than just your struggles. I agree with that statement so hard. And that's something people need to hear all the time with chronic illnesses. You know, life is about how you react to things that happen to you. But, you know, what happened to you is not just your life. Your chronic yeah. illness does not define your life. No, and it, it can be a bigger part or a smaller part of your life, but you are the author of your own story. So you get to decide how big of a part of your story those challenges and those adversities are. And it really is more about how you react to them and what you do with them. Like for me, 
the challenges that I've faced with my health and the adversity that it's created is why I want to go into the medical field. And it's why I was really excited to start this podcast with Savani about how we want to change the medical field. Like, it has inspired me to share my story and to do things and to reach out to people. And I've made friendships that I never would have made if I didn't have those struggles. So yes, the challenges are a part of who I am and they are a part of my life. But those challenges have created positives and they're just one piece of my story. And my reaction and what I've done with those challenges are a bigger piece of my story. 100%. But it's also like, you know, there are people who say I have this chronic illness and I want like nothing to do with it within the field. Like if they have a chronic illness, they may decide the medical field is absolutely not for me. I am not going to go into the medical field. I'm going to do something completely different. And that's okay too. But like figuring out how you react to your own issues is just something you got to do. Yeah. And if you don't want it to be a part of your story at all, then it doesn't have to be a part of your story. Because once again, you are the author of your own story. You can't always control what's going to happen to you or if you're going to develop these chronic illnesses or if you're going to develop mental illness. But you do get to control how you react, what you do with it, and you are the author of your own story. Yeah. And that's a lot of power, but don't let someone else take the pen from you just because they want to write your story for you. That is always yours. You are always the author of your own story if you want to be. Yeah. And yeah, like I keep saying, your chronic illness does not define you. Don't ever let someone tell you that it defines you. Don't ever bring yourself down by telling yourself, I'm only my chronic illness. There is nothing else to me but my chronic illness. And you can get, you can get sucked into that sometimes because those chronic illnesses and mental illnesses and the stigmas in society can make it so that they're very isolating. But if you let people into your life and you, you let them support you, you ask them to support you, you share things, you, you let them see you even when you can't put be your best self and put your best foot forward and you let them see beneath that mask of like everything's great everything's perfect you might feel a little less isolated a little less alone and you might find that people do want to be there for you and they everybody everybody is human and so showing that humanity is important and it again can foster those deeper relationships because if you can both be human with each other and you can show each other the good like smiley happy sunshine and rainbows but also when things are harder you can share that too then you're sharing your humanity and you're actually sharing your life with each other and you can you can find out some incredible things about incredible people and you never know what might happen yeah i like that that doesn't make it easy to open up and show your human side and show beneath that mask of like, hey, everything's going so well, but I think it's worth it a lot of the times. Yeah, I agree. Whether it makes you feel less alone, but it might make the person you're opening up to feel less alone too, because maybe they're going through something that they were struggling to share with someone, but because you shared your humanity and your struggles with them, they feel like they can share it with you too. Yeah. I read a post somewhere. I wouldn't say it's a quote because it's a person saying it, but a relationship, a healthy relationship is where you can feel vulnerable and still feel safe is something that someone, I read somewhere. 
And it's just like, I really, I really like that. I think they said love is feeling vulnerable, but still feeling safe. But I would say a healthy relationship in general yeah. is feeling vulnerable and still feeling safe with that person. Yeah, whether that's with friends, with family, with a significant other, if you can show them that human side and that vulnerability and be like, I am struggling and still feel safe talking to them about that. And I feel like a lot of relationships grow when you can share that side. Yeah. And that doesn't, again, that doesn't make it easy. I think I read, I think it was in in a book that I gave you, that you read to the... Um, the prologue in maybe you should talk to someone the book about yeah. the therapist who goes to see a therapist yeah, yeah wasn't the beginning part about how they tried to get someone tried to get happiness designated as a mental illness because if you were only happy all the time yeah that was just as problematic as if you had depression but yeah. because of the positive connotation in society they didn't want to put it as a diagnosis yep so, see, you got to go through the whole range of emotions. So, letting the people in your life who you care about see the whole range of who you are and see that you're human, it's important. 100%. And giving yourself the grace as you're going through that, like, as you're going through hard times and you're just making it through. There might be times where you're like, I just, I'm taking it moment by moment and we're getting through each moment. And whether it's moment or minute or hour or day at a time, just putting that one foot in front of, a, of the other and know that you're doing your best. And sometimes your best will look different from day to day. Sometimes your best is, hey, I got out of bed today. I took my meds and that's an accomplishment for the day. And sometimes it's thriving and doing big things and making big changes in the world. But just know, even if you look back and you're like, maybe I could have done more. Maybe I could have tried harder that day. In that moment, you were doing your best with what you had right then. And that's okay. Some days your best will look better and some days it will be extremely productive and you'll be like, yes, I accomplished so much. But just know resting is an accomplishment too. Resting is productive too. And some days you just need to gather spoons, recharge your battery, refill your cup, however you want to imagine it. That's productive too. And some days that's the best that you can do. So giving yourself that grace to be like, it's okay if I can't do as much today, I'm doing what I need to for me. And today, this is the best that I can do. Yeah. You guys can't see me, but I'm nodding along because there's nothing more I can add to that because she put it so eloquently. Yeah, I'm nodding along to that. And I have nothing else to add to that because, yeah, you covered it all. And then the final thing I want to say about life is, for me, using humor is a great way to bring some light to difficult situations. So if you're able to do that and you're able to find a little bit of humor in these hard times, that, that can help. That can help you make it through those hard moments from moment to moment if you can find a small way to laugh. And laughing and using humor doesn't diminish how hard it is. It's just, it's a way to get through it and to figure out like, you know, for me, Laughing is a great coping mechanism, and finding humor is a great coping mechanism because it's that release, and it's like, yes, this is hard, but like everything in life, there's some good and there's some bad in every situation, and so finding that little bit of humor 
has gotten me through so many situations, whether it's ICU stays or life flights or medical misadventures or just days where symptoms are flaring more than others. That little bit of humor, it also makes your story more entertaining to tell and more relatable when you're talking to someone and sharing that humanity with them if you can bring a little bit of humor into it, so along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That doesn't mean you'll always be able to find humor, but no. when you can, it's helpful. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up this segment with appointments. What do we need to know about appointments? I, for me, taking notes before the appointment about writing down what I want to make sure I mention during the appointment, questions that I have that I want to make sure I ask, if there's research that I've read that I want to bring with me, and then taking notes during the appointment about how it's going and afterwards about what I want to do with that or if there's anything else I need to follow up about. But writing it down, because let me tell you, with brain fog, it is so easy to forget what you were going to say, what you wanted to ask, or what happened during the appointment if you don't write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, you may be like, all right, I, I want to ask this question, but it feels like a silly question. So then maybe you don't ask it. But it might actually be a really important question. So don't be afraid to ask a question, no matter how simple or silly you might feel like it could be. Just ask. Yep. And if something's really bothering you, bring it up with your doctor. Even if you're like, hey, I don't know if this is related to anything or if it's just something else or if it's something I can ignore, but this is bothering me, so I wanted to mention it to you because maybe it will be relevant. Who knows? Maybe it's the final key or puzzle piece that brings it all together and you they wouldn't have known it if you didn't bring it up. It's all about communicating to them how you're feeling, and that's hard because it's hard to describe what it's like inside your body. Like, it'd be great if you could just put two little electrodes on your forehead and put two little electrodes on your doctor's forehead and then they could feel what you're feeling for a moment. And they could be like, okay, yeah, this is how I'll describe that. But unfortunately, we don't have that technology yet. Yeah, 100%. And so, like, if something, like Chris has said, if something's really bothering you, bring it up. And, you know, if you're going to an appointment and you feel like you need an extra support person and there is someone you can bring with you and the appointment allows you to bring someone, don't hesitate to bring someone with you. I find this is especially helpful for new patient appointments, so when it's a new doctor I haven't seen before, having someone else there with me can be helpful just to like, hey, this is my support human. And some hospitals even have patient advocates, so if you're in an appointment and you don't have someone in your life that you feel like you can bring, you can request a patient advocate be there so that you have somebody, like, who's definitely on your side as you're going into this new appointment and you know, like, their only goal is to help you advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is that, like, I know a lot of people, um, it just sort of popped up into my head, is that there are some people who maybe don't do well with English. Like, we're in America, so that's why I will say English. But, like, we're in America where the main language that you speak with all of your doctors will mostly be English. Sometimes there are people who have, uh, who speak different languages who maybe don't understand or can't communicate things in English specifically. 
So having a support human there who understands your native language, like I do this all the time for my mom, who like my mom will bring me along mostly just because one, I know some medical things, not all, but some medical things. And I know sometimes what works and what doesn't. And I can ask medically related questions, but also because sometimes my mom can't eloquently tell a provider how she's feeling, what she's feeling, what her issue is. But if she can communicate that to me in our mother tongue, then it makes it so much easier for me to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm fluent in English, I'm fluent in my mother tongue, so I can understand what she's saying and be able to translate that to my, to the provider so that they know what's going on instead of, you know, when she uses weird words, I guess, like, you know, maybe they don't understand as well as like maybe I do so then I have to be there to translate. That is such a great point and that's true sort of even if you do speak English if you have someone who you can bring who's more well versed in the medical field in the medical terminology because sometimes specific descriptor words have a like very specific connotation within the medical field but maybe you're using it more broadly to describe something that's happening so having someone there who can sort of translate whether it's between a different language in English or between English and medical jargon yeah 100% so like making making sure that the provider or a doctor or whoever is treating you knows exactly what you are feeling and making sure that everyone is on the same page even if that support human is just there to make sure everyone's on the same page that's still yeah. very important oh yeah and it that sort of comes back to the whole accommodations thing there is no no shame in saying hey i need a support human here to help me make sure i say everything i want to say i'm saying it in the way i want to say and i understand what the plan is and what's happening like, yeah. if that is a quote-unquote accommodation that you feel would help you be more successful in your appointments, then totally, totally use it. Don't, don't be afraid to have a support human with you there or have a translator with you. Yeah, I agree. Great. <laughs> Anything else we want to add? I don't think so. I think we'll just, you know, let people know that Next time, we're going to be doing a similar episode about things we'd wish we'd known, but it will be more about the mental health side of things. Um, so, Savani will be talking more about the mental health, and I will have some input as well from being a friend to people with mental illness and things that I've done to try to maintain mental wellness while having these chronic illnesses. Yep. So as you guys may have noticed, I've spoken a little bit less during this episode because this is more Curtis's forte. I've given what I can, but next time we will be doing more of a mental health geared episode. I wouldn't say that it's only about mental health, but we will be hitting all of the points about what we wish we had known, mental health edition. Um, and it'll be me talking about my experiences, giving a little bit more about like my, how I deal with my stuff and what I wish I had known. And what Carissa will be giving her inputs as well, so. It'll be, it'll just be sort of flipped from this episode. There we go. So I'll be giving my input as what it's like to be the friend. Yeah. To the friend with mental illness and what I can input about mental wellness and what I do, but it'll be mainly focused on Savani next time. Correct.
All right. So thank you guys for joining us for this episode. I hope that you guys have learned a thing or two about what we wish we had known and maybe something in here has helped you as well figure out what you know what you should know before you go into doing certain things so we hope this has helped shameless self go ahead we hope this has helped and if there is anything that you wish you had known that we didn't cover feel free to let us know we would love to hear your feedback a hundred percent we are always open to feedback and we are always open to hey can you talk about this hey can you talk about that if you know if that is something you want to hear us talk about please tell us please reach out to us please email us dm us whatever it is we have an email organs tissues and other issues at gmail.com we also have an instagram account organs tissues and other issues um so feel free to contact us any way shape or form whether it be email our official podcast Instagram or even just our Instagrams if you have our personal Instagrams or emails or texts or whatever it is feel free to reach out to us we always 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 love hearing from you guys yeah we want to interact with you we want you to be a part of this conversation so if there's things you want us to talk about um, things you want us to talk more about that we kind of briefly mentioned just let us know 100% all right we will see you guys next time We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.